Hello, welcome to Reality Speaks. This is your host, Jake Norton. And in this show, we ask questions. What does the Bible really say? What's really going on in this world? And what are we as Christians supposed to do about it? In today's episode, we're talking about the devil. And we are hitting on that question. Did the devil really make you do that it's a common thing the devil made me do it um but did he really did the devil really make you do that can the devil make you do anything can the devil really pose a threat to anybody what is the devil he is the enemy of our souls He's the one that's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible calls him. He is a fallen angel that has made it his mission to destroy anyone who believes that Jesus is God. So how much power does he really have? And what's more, are we any more powerful or any less powerful than he is? What are his weaknesses if he's our enemy? How do we defeat our enemy? That's what we're talking about today. So without further ado, let's get past our ad and into the conversation. The devil made me do it. Or did he? So today we are talking about... Um, somewhat, um, interesting topic, and, uh, for some, I started taking notes on this, a little bit ago, at work, I just had this thought cross my mind, um, there's a lot of times, some people blame the devil for everything. Some people blame the devil for nothing and make fun of the people who blame the devil for everything. What's the truth? What does the devil really have the ability to do? Can the devil really mess up the microphone in the church? A lot of people do think so. The devil's got a hold of the microphone. Devil, devil's got in the sound booth. The in devil's the in the. Yeah. Some people like to. I think one. I think I heard a story. One guy who said the devil was in his false teeth. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's if he if anything's messing up the flow of the church service, the devil did it. Devil's in the tambourine. Devil's in the choir room. Wherever else you might be. Building your own kingdom in the video room. No, that's not it. (laughs) Uh, But what can the devil actually do? According to the Bible. The Bible... uh, God says he can do it. He's the prince of this earth though, right? Prince of the power of the air. The, the prince of this world. He's called a few things throughout the Bible. But 
nowhere does the devil make himself more known than in Job chapter 1. The most well-known and most powerful the devil ever shows himself is in Job 1. Uh, it talks about Job was this rich man who loved God and who was well acquainted with all the things of God and did. Um, he uh, loved the Lord and hated evil and prayed for his many children and had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses and very great household. So this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. But there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it, the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect, upright man that feareth God and eschews evil? And Satan answered the Lord and said, Does God fear, does Job fear God for not? Hast thou not made a hedge about him, about his house, about everything that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now, touch all that he has, and he will curse thee to thy face. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, everything he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And by the end of this, Job has lost every single one of his sheep, every single one of his camels, every single one of his oxen, every single one of his donkeys. And he's got four or five servants left. And all ten of his kids are dead. And then, at the end of this, Job falls down on his knees and praises God. Satan goes back to God again, says, and God asks him, so how'd it go? He says, well, skin for skin, if you would have let me touch his body, he would have he, he uh, cursed you to your face. So he says, okay, fine, you can touch his body, but you can't kill him. Job has a skin disease come on him, and this leads to the next 40-ish chapters of Job. In which he has this huge conversation with his friends about whether or not God is punishing him for sin. But this is one of the greatest shows of Satan having any form of power in the Bible, I believe. Because we know explicitly that the bad stuff that happened was the devil. So, do you think that this would make a good modern horror movie? Horror movie? Maybe a drama. I don't see the horror aspect. Okay. Well, horror movies love to say anything that the devil does uh... is... Yeah, that was my point. 
Yeah. Modern horror movies love to talk about the power of the devil and what he can do to people. Yeah, but in reality, he's up there begging God. For in reality, he's stuff. out there begging God, saying, yeah. "Can I do this? Can I do this? Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it." Yeah. And he he tells God, "I can't touch that guy because." You have a barrier put up where I couldn't touch him if I wanted to. I, I'm not saying that the devil doesn't have power. I have this huge list of stuff in the Bible that the devil, that we know for sure that was the devil's doing. Uh, of course, all of this stuff in Job, that Job has access to the throne, or not Job, the devil has access to the throne room of God. Job also had access to God's throne room, but not in the same aspect. Um, that he killed several people in this story. That Job's kids were killed. Um, so Satan does have power to kill people? I was God allows him to. So technically it's God, but... He asked for permission to touch Job and was told, you can't kill Job. However, in the course of what he did, he killed several servants and Job's kids. And uh, technically, I'm not 100% sure that 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 is still true. Sometimes he has permission. Well, hold on a second. What if, what if it's different now because what Jesus if he went and got the keys to death, hell, and the grave? There you go. You see, in Revelation chapter 1, we hear, I'm the Alpha Omega, I hold the powers to the keys of death and the grave. Uh, it also, um, I had the verse pulled up a second ago, but I'd have to go and find it again. I'll get to this. I promise I am planning on getting to that later. But right now I'm listing what he has listed in the Bible to have done. And also, he did give Job a disease and stole Job's stuff. That's what we know explicitly he did in this story. We also know that he is, of course, a tempter. We start the Bible with Genesis chapter 3, where Satan enters into the garden in the form of a snake and tempts Eve and then you don't hear him do anything else in this story except when the judgment is poured out at that point Eve was tempted enough that she could tempt Adam herself and he was able to step back Um, I also find it interesting he didn't go to Adam who knew the word of God explicitly if he had went to Adam would the story have turned out differently don't know that we don't know that that's one of those things we should have hit on last week (laughs) uh but yeah he was able to tempt Eve. he was able to tempt jesus in uh in of course the uh, book of matthew and also the book of luke i think anyway he tempted jesus after he, as soon as he'd been baptized, and Jesus had went on his forty-day fast, so there's that. And of course, he also attempted one of the disciples of Jesus. Actually, more than one of the disciples of Jesus. 
it said Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat. And he put Peter through his sifting process, I guess through the form of three people at a campfire. Yeah. And also tempted Judas and went beyond just tempting Judas and entered into Judas in the book of Luke chapter 22 after the incident with the woman with the alabaster box. We also read in 2 Corinthians that Satan is able to manifest himself as an angel of light, which I find interesting, come to think of it. An angel of transparent light is what was said to appear to um, the angel Moroni was the one that appeared to uh, Joseph Smith when he started the thing that is now known as uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. As... As Paul said, even if an angel himself appears and gives you another gospel, don't accept it. And they explicitly founded the Mormon. That's not they. The Book of Mormon is called another gospel of Jesus Christ, and they call themselves the Church of Latter Day Saints. They don't like being called Mormons actually, because Mormon is their Mormon is their Bible, not them. But I, I, I have looked into this stuff for a reason. <laughs> because of people. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Paul said, if we or an angel from heaven give you any other gospel. And they explicitly label another gospel of Jesus Christ. It's like another they... Test. Another test. Yeah. They, they um, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can go for that one. You have explicit verses that say something else. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, he can manifest in different forms. He said an angel of light. To Eve it was a snake. And uh, there's a few other things. Uh, in Second Corinthians 12, we read about a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. A thorn in the flesh. That is said to be Satan, a messenger of Satan did something to mess with uh, Paul while he was in prison. Don't know exactly what that messenger was. Um, he is a persuasive liar. Revelation 12.9 says that he deceived the whole world. First uh, Peter 5 and 8 says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He knows our weaknesses. He's observant. And Jesus even said... From the very beginning, he was the father of all liars. So these verses, uh, I just touched on a few of them there. Uh, and think what... So, I'm going to look at... I put out some questions again this time, like I did last week. And let's just talk about these uh, questions that I put in. Let me pull up my results here. Uh, I put out some polls to just ask some people some questions and got some various responses. So, is the statement, the devil made me do it, ever true? 
What do you guys think? I think it is sometimes true. Well, I think in the rare cases when you're possessed, the devil literally makes you do it. But if you want to get really technical about it, you have to be in. You didn't. You didn't make the devil possess possess you. Not the devil. I guess. Devil probably very rarely possesses anybody. I mean, I mean the people. devil himself very but, rarely, uh, but there was that third of angels that came down with him. Yeah. Okay, but listen to this. When the legion possessed that man, he could not, Those the legion of devils could not stop him from worshiping God. Well, they could stop him from worshiping God, but the I... The devil made, I, didn't make him do all kinds of other crazy stuff. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that the man didn't choose to live in a graveyard and cut himself. The, I believe the devils were making possessed. him do that. Yeah, he was possessed. But, but was, you can, even in the absolute most possessed state, still still every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Yeah, uh, that's what I was saying. Even Irvin Baxter in his book, illustrating what he thinks the Antichrist may be like, uh, has the Antichrist standing there at the Battle of Armageddon at the at the very end and as Jesus comes down from the skies to split the eastern skies and come back for his church and set up his millennial reign the Antichrist sees him bows down before him and says oh my Lord and my God because in the presence of God every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess there are certain things that even the most possessed person is going to do however Possession is a very uh, intense thing. I have here this book called Hell's Twelve Apostles. And it says there are three stages to unholy warfare. And that there's obsession, which is where most spiritual warfare is going to start. It happens when the adversary strives to consume your mind with stuff like fear, jealousy, bitterness, or lust. Then you get into oppression, where people start acting out, reacting negatively, and you start doing, the, you lose sleep, you have constant heaviness of spirit, even physical weakness because of the depth of spiritual warfare you're dealing with. And possession. That's the point where you end up living in a graveyard and cutting yourself and having to be chained. Yeah. Or rolling a one world government and making people take marks in their hands and foreheads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most people that you see that are possessed, that's probably not what they're doing. Yeah. You, uh, you're not. You're also not selling out Jesus for thirty pieces of silver, because that's just not what we deal with today. And those are the only two that I really hear how Satan often, himself. How often? How often do you think you meet someone on the street that's possessed? Do you think it's really rare, or do you think it's a lot more than? I bet it's a lot more than you think it is. I bet it's a lot more than you think it is because something else that this book talks about, there's a lot more types of possession than foaming at the mouth and falling down all over the ground. Yeah. 
uh, there's lying spirits. No. The cure of lying is that you don't want people to know the reality of who you are. The core of lying is stating untrue facts. And if the truth is I'm possessed and full of the devil, you're going to act like you're not possessed and full of the devil. Um, I, I don't know exactly how being possessed by a spirit of infirmity would look. But... That might be it. The you just crawl. Uh, wanting wanting people to think that you're uh, being possessed by a spirit of pride. That's not going to look like foaming at the mouth and rolling on the ground. No. Uh, being possessed by a spirit of perversion. That's probably your serial killers and rapists and all that. So, yeah, I, I don't doubt that there's a lot of people who are possessed that we wouldn't think of as being possessed. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff in our modern world. I think there's probably different types of possession here in the U.S. than there are in uh, S- South America, Africa. In I, I think it's because devils are smart yeah. And they know what's going to be socially acceptable and what's not. Yeah. Um, that That's that's it, so, really. Do you think maybe there's a lot of them, like, in uh, mental institutions and prisons? I do think there I are. D- I really I don't doubt there's a lot of them in prisons, for sure. There's probably more in prisons than there are in mental institutions. I'm You uh, definitely might. I have worked in a mental institution before and I'll tell you there's a definite something in there that feels different and really your entire life feels different when you're there I mean being honest like just going to drop you off and stuff I didn't like the way it felt it was creepy yeah Um, it's it's, yeah yeah where the title of the book comes from. Uh, I mean... But there's also quite a few of them in churches. I have a feeling no one knew that guy in the synagogue was possessed when Jesus was preaching. And he said, Jesus of Nazareth, I know who you are. He was in the synagogue? He was in the synagogue and heard him preaching. He said, why are you here to mess with me before my time? Um, I, I'm fairly certain that guy wouldn't have got through the doors of the synagogue if everyone had known he was possessed. Oh yeah. I they know how possessed people know how to hide. Um. How many? How can people get through the door of your churches and you not realize it until the moment that the guy goes to lay hands on him? Oh. Like. I believe it's real, um, but I don't think we need to be spending our whole lives obsessing over who's possessed and who's not. Yeah. Uh, But I would say, uh, recommended reading, read Hell's Twelve Apostles by Bishop Doug White, and you will be able to spot some stuff.
a lot easier than you would in times past. Uh, and those other two levels are very important. Because while not everyone's possessed, uh, there's quite a few oppressed. Which is just, they're bothered with temptations of those different spirits. It's a big, big deal. And I kind of touched on this next one. And it's even kind of tied to this discussion of spiritual um, obsession or oppression. Can the devil cause physical harm? I, I mean, I touched on it with Job to some degree. Uh, that in the days of Job, he did kill and hurt several people. I'm still a little iffy on whether he killed them. I don't know if God would allow I think God allowed it. You think Satan kills people? In the story of Job. In the story of Job, he did. I think the whirlwind killed Who caused the whirlwind? Well, can the devil was the de weather? Prince of the power of the air. I, I do believe the God of this world is a statement that's in the Bible. Um... But I'm going to pull up this verse here. I don't like thinking that the devil has well, power then, to kill you. I mean, don't think the devil has power to kill you. No, I don't think the devil has power over weather and stuff. Because then... Wait, that's not... I was getting that mixed up. That's not in the Bible. I was going to say that the Bible says that... Uh, no, yeah, it does. It says the wind and the waves obey him. The winds obey and the God. waves obey yeah, God. Saying, However, when they Jesus obey was, God and Satan? I believe. Here, here's Jesus the thing. Jesus was on the, the way. Yes, yes, that's my point. Jesus always trumps the devil. However, uh, it, it's kind of what we talked about last week. Devil's got a will. God's got a will. And if God's people don't act on His will, sometimes you're gonna deal with stupid stuff like that. Coming up. Uh, my point with what I'm saying is it's not that the devil has such power that he's able to do whatever he wants whenever he wants it. Everything he does goes through God. Hey, God, can I throw a little bit of chaos down here? Right here, right now? Okay, sure. I'll let you do that. It'll give my people a chance to fight you. I believe... What what happened when he was on the way uh, when he was on the way across on the way across the Sea of Galilee? He was going to meet that man possessed with all those that legion of devils. And a storm came against them. There was a storm. He didn't want him going across it, but he could still say, Peace be still. And, oh, I've got to stop it. I believe it was an attack of some sorts. But, when he said, peace be still, it had to stop. And I believe a lot of this has changed since the cross. I believe a lot of this has changed since the cross. That's Okay, but my your take. question was, what does he have power to do now? Yes. Can he still do some of that stuff? Are some of these stuff his will? I believe that he can do his will 
to the extent that God says, okay, that lines up enough with my will. Well, that's obviously true. Yeah. He can tempt whoever he wants. As long as you're not overcoming my plan for how this story's going to work out, then you can do it. God has never been taken by surprise. Now, on this topic of can he cause physical harm, though, uh, I come to this story in Luke 13 and 11. There was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together, could in no wise lift her up herself. When Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He laid his hands on her. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because he healed on the Sabbath day. There are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered, Thou hypocrite, doth not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall, lead him away to watering? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? So Satan bound her up for 18 years. Spirits of infirmity. They're in this book. Not all sickness is physical. There are spiritual sicknesses that manifest in physical ways. So, yes, the devil can hurt people. But let's go back to Job. He has to go to Jesus and say, Can I hurt this person? Do I have permission over their life to hurt them? Yeah. But now going back to last week, if we came to the conclusion that you have a set day to die, then did we actually ended up not talking about that, did we? We kind of touched on it. Okay. But well, we didn't. I'm not sure we came up. What with I'm saying is there may have been like a plan. And, like, the devil just played into it without even knowing that he played into it. Yeah, um, the devil played into it without knowing he was complaining so into it. So, if you're saying that, then God knew from the time that those kids were born that they were all going to die on the same day? Yeah. If what we said last week is right? I'm not... We can't over... We can't... Okay, here's kind of my feel. Yeah, we can say we were wrong last week, but we can't um, say one thing's right and one thing's right and then not agree with each other. You can't do that. My yeah. my feel on it is that if those kids have been living to Job's degree of life, you mean righteousness of the way Job was living his life, that God may not have felt quite the same way about Job, about Satan taking him out as he felt about Job being taken out. Also, I don't know how old these kids were. Uh, they were old enough to be partying in their brother's house. Yeah, so at and least Job one was, of them was old enough to own a house. <laughs> and Job was, like, making sacrifices for them every day because he was afraid that they weren't living right. Yeah. So, um, 
I don't know their eternal destiny. Which is something I normally say about people I know personally. <laughs> uh, however, can can it's a touchy subject to some degree, and it's kind of a hard one to place. Uh, why did that happen? Why does it? Why did it happen the way it happened? At the end of it. This story was Job's story. But in Job's son's mind, he was the main character of this story. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Because it all matters to everybody. And that's why I say, if why did Job's wife not get taken out? Some people say, oh, it's because blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, to some degree... She is covenant tied to Job. If she hadn't been taken out, if she had been taken out the same way everyone else had been taken out, he may have Satan may have viewed that as you can't touch Job's body. And God also works in chain of authority too. Yeah. And if somebody is living under the role of Satan, then Satan becomes their God, and their God can do as he wishes with them. Yeah, that's kind of... I do believe that, we talked about briefly last week about set time. I do think you can shorten your time if you don't walk under the... That's a lot the way that I feel, because... you don't walk under God's... What type of party was they having? (laughs) What what type of party were they having? Nobody knows. It's kind of irrelevant. Basically, what I'm saying is, I don't know exactly what they were doing under that roof. We have no idea. We have no way of saying. But I feel like they didn't have the type of relationship with God that Job had. And that may have changed the way things came out for them. Uh, Kind of a hard way to... hard, Hard thing, but if you're not living in a way that pleases God... You are a lot less safe than a child of God. We actually had one person answer one of my questions, what can the devil not do? And they said that they believed that the devil can't hurt someone who's saved. And that's kind of a yes and no to that. There are certain things that's off limits for the devil to it's do to a saved to person. It's definition of hurt, I guess. Like... You're not likely to be... The devil's be, not going to make you quit being saved. Yeah, the devil can't make you quit being saved. No. So, in answer to it, can the devil make you do something? I doubt the devil's going to make you do something that you weren't already trending towards doing anyway. Absolutely. Because basically what he does is like the carrot and the donkey. So he's going to keep on dragging you by a stick until finally he can stranglehold you into doing something. Uh, like, you might not have done that particular sin. Well, what is it? But you might have done a sin adjacent to it. You are drawn away by your own lust and enticed. Yes, uh, you're drawn away by your own lust and enticed. Whatever you were naturally inclined to do anyway, if you're a controlling person and the devil starts pulling you a little more, a little more, a little more, it's going to come to the point where, oh, yeah, I definitely want to do that. 
but you've lost your own mind. You've been handed over to a reprobate mind is the way that the Bible puts it. So in the tune of can he kill and can he cause physical harm, well, no. I believe the way it is is he's pulling you towards where you're already heading and he could greatly accelerate where you're already heading. Like, this spirit of infirmity or this spirit of... uh, These various spirits are pulling you in that direction. But you have to open yourself up to that. I recommend don't open yourself up to that. If you are living such a life... Here's... I'm, I'm about ready to wrap up the what can the devil do question. But before we get to that, is anyone off limits to being touched by the devil? No. Being the tempted can't, the devil by can't the devil. can't touch anybody. Yeah, being tempted by the devil is different I, than touch. The devil can touch They're me. They're both right. No, he can't. No, he can't. Someone like, is in a place that they're off limits to, but not no, you're still, as long as you're on this earth, you're, you're tempted. That's what that said. Yeah. Not 100% of the time. Yeah. And they, t- did you Jesus, say tempt or touch? Because it is a different answer. I, I said, right. is anyone off limits to the work of the devil? The work of the anyone devil. Anyone can be no. tempted. Anyone can the be tempted. The work of the devil is like temptation. And in all manners, in all manner, he was tempted like we are. You can be, a, you can be affected by you being close to somebody. Yeah. You can you live your life work, completely. Yeah, well, you can. And no, but listen too. Also, you when you, if you lady. think that there's the curses. Yeah. Yeah. If it. Yeah. Okay. If yeah. If you let's, ever think that you're above falling, you're in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna fall. So, beware, <laughs> lest you think you stand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually. Uh, so you, what you just said there. What what you just can't be touched by the devil. How the devil how, can't touch you. What you mean, mean like physically? Like physically, yeah. Yeah, that's you mean like reach out and grab your arm. Well, brother Deer said the devil can't make you sin. No, the devil he can't. can't touch you to make you sin. He can't do anything like that. He the only thing he's not going to grab Nier, your hand. He's not going to yeah. grab your hand, make you pick up a knife and stab somebody. Brother Deer no. said the only thing the devil can do is place a thought. Right. It's yes. And, and yes, exactly. uh, there, to some degree, but there is a degree beyond that where you let yourself into a world, open yourself up to a spiritual world. But that's what you do, not what he does. Because all he's got to do is entice you. And once you open yourself up into a spiritual world, that's it's thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. But he can make his, but you can let his voice become more powerful than yours, and that's when the whole possession thing happens. Because he's not powerful. He can just yeah. do that one thing. He just knows what you like. He knows what you yeah. like. Actually, the devil does have power. Yeah. And that's my that's our whole point here. Wow. He does have power. I don't but it's not like have power over what you us. And that's where I'm well, getting. Well, I don't know what he's saying. Go ahead. I just don't like saying that the devil has power. But he does. He, does. he cannot have power over you. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I'm trying to get to to end but up. Now, but now, we need to. I know you're going there, but right now, the devil could pick up that microphone and throw it across the room. I'm not sure he could in this house. Maybe not, that's what I was saying. Maybe not in this house because there's enough fire of the Holy Ghost in there. <laughs> so you read the story. I don't know if Brother Rice had the story or not, but I know he told the story about going into that room. Yeah, and seeing the mirror. And the mirror, like, was had the, written in the dust and stuff like that. Yes. yes, that is absolutely a thing. Some of these so horror movies. I never saw it. Didn't. Yeah, oh. yeah. But he doesn't it, have what you're saying. The pile broke. Yeah, he yeah. can't just walk can't up and hit Jake. I mean, the way that yeah, the way that um, they just get Texas to do it. A whole lot of the way that this uh, message, this uh, thing, was kind of birthed. Uh, I titling this podcast, The Devil Made Me Do It, or Did He? Um, and that's because there's a recent commercial I've been seeing on YouTube for a movie that maybe it's already out by now, I don't know, but it was in some horror movie series, and the subtitle was The Devil Made Me Do It. And the guy, the basic argument in the movie is the guy's accused of murder. And his whole argument for why I'm not guilty of this murder is because he was possessed of the devil. And to me, there's an entire franchise of movies these days built around the idea that the devil is so powerful that when he comes into a situation, mere humans are worthless. But I like Texas's thought. He doesn't have power. But he, he does. The power he has over us is what we give him. He has power. Why do you want to give him that? Nobody. I'm not giving him that. But he just does have it. It's in this book that he has some power. Yeah, but we got we got more power because we got Jesus. We did. Let me get Listen, there. Corbin has the power right. to scratch you. That doesn't mean you don't have the power to throw him across the room. Who just asked the question? What? Yeah, okay. What's Listen, the question? Although you? no one's throwing Corbin across the room unless they uh, want to fight me. If God can speak to his children, does the devil speak to his? Well, yeah. That's yeah and that's exactly yeah. the yeah. point, also. A whole lot of it is speaking. He has power because of dummies who follow him. Yeah. Brother David, David said something else earlier. Okay, I, I'm not seeing some of these comments, so. I, I need to pull I, that up here I again. Up the wrong thing. All right. Yeah, okay, so I got it here. I can pull this up a little bit. Okay. Jake. Yeah. Get out of the way. Get out of there. He He's not moving. You're going to have to move him. He said, take a soul from the devil and his power diminishes. Give a soul to the devil and his power increases. We're in the middle of a spiritual warfare. Yeah. I think what, what that means is Whoever, if we're on God's side, we're affecting people for yes. God. And if somebody's on hit on Satan's side, they're affecting people for Satan. Yes, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, here's the thing. God's power doesn't change depending on who's on his side. The devil's power changes depending on who's his, on his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's power will never increase or decrease. He has all power in heaven and earth. He has all power in heaven and earth. And me backsliding today will not change God's power at all. No. 
And you're not going back by I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying if one of us were to just totally backslide tonight, God would still have his will done in the earth no matter what. Yes. Uh, simply put, we are going to be no... Uh, the will of God is going to be done whether or not one of us are on his side or not. That's irrelevant. But I'm getting the point. Anyone can be tempted. And no one is above backsliding. If one of Jesus' 12 disciples can backslide, none of us can be backslidden. None of us are, are uh, better than Judas. I don't think. I feel like I'm better than Judas. Okay. What about Peter? None of us are better than Peter either. None of us are better than Judas. <laughs> I might Venus. not be better than Peter, but I feel like I'm better than Judas. <laughs> well, and you know what you've got going for you, Judas sitting half. Judas's story. You would have been filled with. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. He wasn't. And you know his story. Yeah, and we know his story. <laughs> Judas had no prior example. Yeah, yeah, he did. Judas had several prior examples. There are stories of. People who backslid and left the truth in, in the Old Testament, they're just not quite the same. Yeah, but they didn't know that. They didn't know Judas, Jesus. Jesus told them that he was going to be crucified, raised again third third day, but none of them actually had any idea what was going to happen. They were all surprised, I believe. Yeah. The shepherd will be taken and all the sheep will scatter. Uh, but, yeah... Anyway, yes, no one is off limits for him. He will put his mark on everyone. I mean, and as as was said a minute ago, if you live on this planet, you are you have been touched by the devil because you have to sweat at work every day. Yeah. Because you have pain in childbirth. Because your marriage has issues. All these things are listed in Genesis 3 as curses of following the way of the devil. If you've ever stuck a thorn in your finger, I, I, I kind of laugh at uh, Jimmy and holding Corbin on Sundays. He's holding them up there on the platform, and we've got some thorns sitting there that's supposed to represent Jesus' crown of thorns. And I hear it all the time Corbin, quit trying to touch those thorns. Quit trying to touch those thorns. They exist. Those thorns were able to go into his head because people followed the devil. But what can the devil not do? Whatever Jesus said he can't do. So, the story of the temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4. He gives him three temptations. First he says, make these stones bread. Jesus responds, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then he says, uh, let me, I want to make sure I'm quoting this next verse right. I want to make sure I'm quoting this next verse right. And then, the devil takes him into the holy city, sets him on a pinnacle of the temple, and says, If you be the Son of God, cast yourself down. It's written, He gives his angels charge over you, and in their hands he shall bear thee up, lest at any time you dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus says, It's written, 
Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And the devil takes him to a high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world and glory, and says, All these will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And he says, Get thee behind hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaves him, and behold, angels come and minister to him. So what can't the devil do? Well, go back to what Texas said earlier. He said all he can do is speak and tempt. He can speak and tempt. And I, I do know that demons, if you let them be enough of presence in your house, they can do a few other things besides speak and tempt. But I don't believe that they can physically kill someone without God's permission. No, I know they can't kill yeah. someone without God's permission. As he said, uh, there's people who like to make fun of the line hedge of protection that we use in our services sometimes. What? Christian comedians think that's funny and a weird church phrase. Wow. You, you make that sound worse than it is, though. It's not that they're, like, making fun. They're just Christian comedians. They're, just they're, comedians. they're talking that's about the fact do. that they're talking about the fact that our Christianese sounds weird to people outside of the church. Because a hedge is just a bush. A hedge is just a bush. Like, and the, they're thinking, what's the devil thinking? What is this shrubbery? But, but, well, I think that shrubbery is a lot stronger than that comedian thinks it is. Well, no, I think the comedian believes. But the comedian is a Christian, so they know that it's metaphorical. Yeah. But they're like saying. But they're to, saying to people outside of the church world, that sounds weird. So what is your? What do you think a hedge of protection is? Well, it's Satan said, "I can't get boundary. past what you've put around him." It's a boundary. It's a metaphorical. So boundary. it's a uh, what's that word? What's that word? That was that, that uh science that science fiction word? Force field. I guess you have you you confused me there. Anyway, force field. That's science fiction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. It's a boundary the devil can't get past and because God put it there. And that comes... That comes in by knowing the Word of God. The devil can't do what the Word of God... He can't get past someone who knows the Word of God right. What was that you said? About... I think your daddy said it Sunday. About blood. That the devil can't stand inside blood, and when the blood is covering us, brown trapper definition says to hedge or fence up or about. So it's a fence. It's not. It's not just your average everyday hedge. It is something that is a fence. It's a boundary. The strong says it's shut in formation, protection, or restraint. Yeah. So. My, Picture a large fence with razor wire on top of it. Or thorns. <laughs> that way your hedge is actually there in your modern sense. But the point is, it's a boundary that the devil can't get past. When the devil comes in, like a flood, I will raise a ban- banner against them. And this, and this power comes through your submission to God. Yeah, um, I was going. I was going to get there. James four and seven. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's the reason Jesus, quoting Bible verses, got the devil off his, off his back. 
the devil got off his back because he was fasting, therefore submitted to God, and quoting Bible to refute what the devil was trying to say. And in fact, some of what the devil said to him was quoting scripture. Twisted. Twisted scripture. But that's the same thing that he did to Eve was quote scripture. He quoted scripture to Eve too. She just wasn't well versed enough to say that's not what he said. That's not how he meant it. She wasn't well versed enough to know in the only three Bible verses that existed at the time. (laughs) It was probably a few more than three, but still. And the only few commands they had from God, she didn't know those few commands from God well enough to resist the devil with it. Um, in Isaiah... Is it his blood? It wasn't his blood in the days of Ape, uh, in the days of Job. Okay. It might have been the blood of some well, what is goats or whatever. If, if the blood, the doorpost is the... Blood on the doorpost is our protection. That is our edge. Mm-hmm. What protected them from the fire of the destroyer? The blood. It wasn't necessarily blood. The obedience. It was obedience. It was, it was a submission to stay inside of that place. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the same that's why thing. Why you submit yourself therefore to God? And then resist once the you devil. resist the devil, he will flee. Does that stop you from having bad stuff happen? No. No. That stops you from... Well, they were there. We didn't get that here. They just though. didn't experience it. Here's the thing, though. The way, way submission works, when you submit to God, the devil's under your feet. It doesn't mean he can still reach up and trip you up some. Yeah, uh, absolutely. This is... There's a couple key things that'll help you. Uh, and there, there is some stuff beyond just submit yourself to God. Get yourself. I, I feel like it's probably easy. It was probably easier for households of family to stay in that house. Yeah. Than for some person living alone in a house. Because peer pressure is a thing. Yeah. Both directions. If. Huh? What daddy's doing. If uh, if Adam had been willing to stand up and say, hold on a minute, it would have been different for her than if she was trying to depend on her own definition. If Cain's problem didn't involve going... It didn't involve his brother. If he didn't have problems with his brother, it might have been easier for him. We need each other to hold each other up. That's what I'm trying to say there. And uh, in the in reference to how powerful is the devil really, let's look at Isaiah 14 here. Something I find interesting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 14. I mean, I've been building up. I've been saying, oh yeah, the devil can do this. The devil can do that. However, let's look at what Isaiah 14 and 12 says. 
How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit alone, I sit also upon the mountain of the congregation and the sides of the north. I'll ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the nations, that did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness, destroyed cities, that opened not the house of his prisoners? All the kings of the nations, all of them lie in glory, everyone in his own house. But thou art cast out of thy grave like an abominable, abominable branch. And as the raiment of those that are slain thrust with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a carcass trodden under feet. They're going to look. And when you see the devil one day at the judgment seat, you're going to think, how did that ever trip me up? Because Texas is right to some degree. He's really nothing, especially once you're sitting in the throne room of God in comparison to God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, well, something happens when you call that name. Yeah. <laughs> Mountains move, chains are loosed, we break through. I know that's not Bible verse, but still. <laughs> it is still the truth that the name of Jesus is greater than anything that the devil has to throw at us. Satan is really not any greater than anything that you deal with. He's not this great and powerful one. Revelation 20, it says, An angel, a single angel, will come down from heaven with the key of a bottomless pit, great chain in his hand, and he's going to lock up the devil and bind him for a thousand years. And once he gets loose after a thousand years, it says, The devil that deceived them is cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and will be tormented day and night forever and ever. In the end, he's going to be cast into hell forever. No coming out. And we will be victorious. We will be victorious. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. In the end, he loses. His end is a foregone conclusion. We said last week that your end is not a foregone conclusion. But you can make sure your end is a foregone conclusion, even though his is already. Cain, Abel, I mean, I mean, Cain, Judas, Eve, they messed up, they listened to the devil, but our, you don't need to believe just whatever you hear. It says, 1 John 4, 
you are of God. Overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he's that's in the world. You need to make sure that what you're listening to is actually of God. But if what you're listening to is of God, then you win. Uh, and there is one more thing here, uh, just in reference to something we said earlier that I want to touch on in Hebrews chapter 2. That's why I was confused. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it is it behoved him to make to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful, faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he's able to secure them that are tempted. So, because he came in human form, he's greater than any temptation, and... You don't have to fear the devil being in charge of your death. Okay, repeat that. It says here that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. In the book of Hebrews it says if you're under the blood If you're under the blood, you're living under his rules and not the rules of the devil. Walking on God's jurisdiction, not Satan's jurisdiction. You see, it calls him the prince of this world. But it also says you are not of this world. If you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, if you have been filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil has no more charge over your life. He can mess with your life. As he, as it was said, if you have a job and you work with anyone who's not filled with the Holy Ghost, it can touch people that you see every day. Um, I heard this great message by Brother Scott Graham, and I think this is how we're going to wrap up today. He talked about the Tim Planks, and you you mentioned a, a second ago uh, the the blood on the doorposts. And he talked about how the first play, first few plagues, every single person had to deal with the first few plagues. Every single person had to deal with the blood, uh, the water being blood. Every single person had to deal with flies. Or every single other person had to deal with frogs. But it comes to a point, not everyone had boils on their not everyone had to deal with darkness even. That's kind of crazy how it's dark in one city. 
Yet over in Goshen, it's not dark at all. And then finally you get to the death of the firstborn son. And anyone who had blood on their doorpost didn't have to deal with it. Anyone who had blood on their doorpost didn't have to deal with it. So, how's that, how's that work out? He said, don't you be stressing over your problems. You, when you only have to deal with your blood, turn, your water being blood. But they've got to deal with boils. And if you're under the blood, in the, their end is death. And your end's not. And that's one thing. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? That's not talking about the fact that the people of God never die. That's that when you die, death doesn't have victory over you. Because we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in the moment of a twinkling of an eye. So yeah, the devil's got some power. But he's not got more power than you or your God. I Here's the simple truth. People can be cursed. People can indeed do some crazy stuff. However, witches wish they could have the power that is the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that's why that magician tried to buy it. Exactly. They wish they had the power of the Holy Ghost. They wish they had blood on their doorposts. But they don't. uh, This will make the second time this week I've quoted Carmen. Um, Carmen has this song call the witch's invitation it's really not much of a song i'm not sure he actually sings any words in it but he it's he tells a story about a witch's invitation how a warlock sent him a letter in the mail and wanted him to come and visit him and in the end he says he he said the witch challenges him shows him all these people he's cursed and this and that and he says what can your god do in the face of this he said, I kind of sat there confused for a moment. But then, something riled me up. And he said, in the end, your demons that you think you have power of are going to drag you down to hell. But that's not my end. My power is going to take me up to heaven. And your power in the end you're going to find out that you have no power and you're going to be in hell what power does the devil have nothing compared to the power of the Holy Ghost I think that's where we're going to wrap up today so thank you all for tuning in Uh, thank you all for commenting and if you didn't catch us live Well, I'm glad you're catching us somehow since you're hearing the last sentence. So thank you all, and we will see you guys again next week. What is next week? A week from today will be the 12th.
So, um, I'm, we've been talking about a couple things. Uh, we'll see which one of those we end up doing uh, next week. But thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you guys again next week.